0: This is Recode Media with Peter Kafka. That is me, and I'm talking to Antonio Garcia-Martinez. Hello, Antonio. Hello, Peter. This is uh, the last
1: in the long line of conversations we've had, sometimes with beer and sometimes without.
0: We have have done both. Um, I want to introduce you for the audience. I think most people listening to this will know who you are. But, so we get it out of the way, you were a former Facebook executive. You wrote a book about your time there. It was called Chaos Monkeys. We'll talk about that book. You were recently an Apple employee uh, until Tuesday when you say you were fired. I think the language Apple has used is you parted ways. Um, and you said you were fired because, uh, Apple employees didn't like the fact that you were hired there. And now you're talking to us. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk to you about all of that. Um, let's just start with a chronology. You have just tweeted out a version of of your chronology. Um, you said Apple reached out to you to work on a, a new ads product ads, privacy product. When, when was that? When did they reach out to you? Uh,
1: it's been a long conversation. It would have been probably early this year, January, February. It's a friend of mine, a professional colleague, um, who reached out. It was a long conversation, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, they basically persuaded me. I was at a, a previous startup working in a, in a similar area and, uh, yeah, they persuaded me, they persuaded me to come and build the sort of future version of this very ambitious and interesting vision at you know the company that could actually make it happen apple
0: what what was what was the product supposed to be
1: well (laughs) i don't know how much detail i can go into there but um i was a member of what's called the ad platforms team um which uh, my personal background is in things like data ads targeting privacy etc and uh you know that was very relevant background for the role in question at apple
0: You are an interesting person for Apple to hire because Apple employees generally don't speak in public unless their name is Steve Jobs or Tim Cook or someone at that level of the company. Um, You have a very public persona. Uh, You talk to journalists like myself. You tweet a lot. You have written a book like we talked about. You've written for Wired in the past. Um, What did Apple want to know about your public persona and your public writing prior to hiring you?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's all That's all true, Peter, that I, I did have a public persona, but I, I should mention that, um, you know, a lot of my friends who know me is that were very surprised I would go back to tech, particularly a, a large tech company like Apple, which, as you're correctly asserting, um, doesn't exactly smile on their employees having a public persona, unless their their names are the names you mentioned. Um, to me, it wasn't such a surprise. I mean, to be honest, uh, and to ruminate there for a moment, I was a little bit sick of that media world Um you know, literally drove me crazy. Um, And I decided, you know, I, at heart, I felt more like a a doer than a talker, I guess. And so the thought was, um, at the end of 2019, I rejoined the sort of tech workforce. Um, And so you're right that it comes as a surprise. But in my mind, I was actually extraordinarily ready to leave that world behind. Certainly the world of the book, which was, you know, written in a certain time, in a certain place, in a certain voice that, you know, is not me now. I mean, wasn't even me then, to be honest. But is not, again, I didn't want to live in that media world anymore. And so to me, you know, I've often joked that, like, I'm not really a narcissist. I just play it on the internet. And I think I got tired of playing that role. And so I was absolutely happy, actually, to go to a large public company like Apple. Um, I sold, I have a a property up on Washington that I mean those who follow me on Twitter know that I've been building on this land for a while and um, you know, living a certain lifestyle there. Um and I decided, you know, to give that world up. And, you know, I don't I don't need to do that anymore. I'm I'm happy to join a large company um and you know be a loyal and dutiful employee.
0: And and but so that's about why you wanted to come to Apple. What would what did Apple want to know from you about, you know, was What did you think about what you'd written? Did they ask you if you meant what you had written? Did they ask you, you know, if you were comfortable being quiet? What were their concerns, if any, about what you'd written in the past and said in the past?
1: Yeah, so like I said in my thread, they absolutely knew about it. I mean, (laughs) um, you know, not to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but a a New York Times bestseller is not something you sort of hide on a CV, Mm -hmm. right? It was on the CV in my LinkedIn profile for all to see. It did come up in the interview conversations, uh, probably with every person I spoke to in the loop. And I know for a fact, um, perhaps more interestingly, it came up with the professional reference checks, um, you know, as is common with, this isn't special for me, as is common with any many types of tech employment. They asked for a set, you know, a set of professional references. I gave them a list of, you know, prominent VCs and tech execs that I know and that I've collaborated with or worked with or worked for in the past. And yeah, many of them I've confirmed. Many of them actually were questioned quite significantly about um, Antonio, the book, like, is he what's in the book? Has he left that world behind? Will he be able to shut his? M- I mean, I'm not quoting here literally, but will he be basically able to work inside a large company mm-hmm. like Apple? You know, the references were obviously to the positive. I got the job, and uh, here we are. Yeah.
0: Did were you were you asked? Were your references asked about anything specifically in the book, or was it just he wrote a book about working at Facebook? Do you think he'd do something? Similar I mean, I'm speaking
1: about secondhand conversations that I wasn't present at, so I can't really assert the exact.
0: So when they, when they, when they asked you about the book, what were the questions about the book when they talked to you? Um, you know,
1: the nature of the book and my writing career. I mean, it's, it's weird when you go back to tech, right? When you flip back to the tech side of the tech media equation, I mean, it almost feels like some weird gap in my resume that I feel I need to explain because, you know, Mm -hmm. it is kind of unusual. Um, and so, um, I mostly just gave the background of the decision. Like, why did I write this book? Um, what was it about? And again, asserted that, like, you know, this is a certain time and a place and a certain, well, certainly a certain tone and a certain lifestyle that I had at the time, but that's kind of over. And, you know, I want to get back and building new stuff and not talk about
0: stuff. The, the, org, the org that you were joining reported up to Eddie Q, who runs media uh, for Apple, uh, among other things. Did, did you ever talk to him? Did, did, does he know who you are? I have no idea. Okay. Um, and then, and so you, were, you, you came on when? When was your first day at Apple?
1: It would have, oh man, now you're really asking me. Now you're sounding like a lawyer, Peter.
0: Nah, um, it, I don't it even was, play one on TV. Uh,
1: it was middle of April. I mean, I think I've totaled four weeks. Yeah, it's something like uh, whatever the Monday was in the middle of April.
0: So you've been there for a month, roughly. And then on Tuesday, there is a Verge story about uh, a petition going around Apple claim, wanting you out of there and, and, and wanting Apple to investigate how you were hired. Had you heard anything from your coworkers, supervisors, anybody about about any of this prior to Tuesday?
1: You know, I don't want to get into too much detail about um, the exact specifics of, you know, what I experienced, saw or heard as an Apple employee. I'm still obviously subject to the NDA. Um, you know, also, Peter, I don't know. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just an exciting question to answer. Um,
0: I just Well, here's another way of putting it. Were you blindsided when you saw a petition calling you for your ouster on Tuesday of this week? No. Or did you know it was coming?
1: I, I was not surprised.
0: Okay. So, and, and and again, anyone listening to this will, will know the gist of what the, your fellow former employees were upset with. They, were, they had problems with what you'd written in the book, specifically about women. I think eventually they started looking at your tweets as well. Um, they eventually said, deeply concerned about your hiring, misogynistic, misogynistic statements in your autobiography. This is specifically the specific one about women in the Bay Area being soft and weak, and naive. Um, given Mr. Garcia Martinez's history of publishing overtly racist and sexist remarks about his former colleagues, we are concerned that his presence at Apple will contribute to an unsafe working environment for our colleagues. So, again, I, I know this will sound lawyerly, but 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 prior to that statement going out, had anyone expressed anything like that to you?
1: No, and I categorically reject the claim that there's anything racist in my book. Um, okay. I I myself am a minority. I mean, I, that that is an absurd statement at the face of – you know, I don't know that it's really worth addressing the exact claims in the petition or even addressing uh, what's in a five-year-old book. But, um, I mean, suffice it to say I don't agree with the, the claims in it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk about that and and you've, you've mentioned a couple of times that you wrote it at a certain time that maybe it wasn't who you were to begin with and it isn't who you are now. Did you try making those arguments within Apple that this is, you know, this is not actually me or it's not me now or, or did you, you, it doesn't sound like it, but did you apologize for anything you'd written?
1: Uh. Again, Peter, I don't know that I really want to talk about the exact um, specifics of the conversation at Apple. I will, however, um, mention that I don't have the link offhand, but um, I did do an interview with Kara Swisher, I think, in uh, Recode um, mm-hmm. in 2016 or 17, uh, specifically about the book in which we actually do address some of the content in the book. And uh,
0: Yeah, I remember her asking about some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I, I invite your listeners to go back and, and read the transcript or listen to the podcast. I think... Um, Again, one of the sort of startling things to me about this whole situation is that this is like a half decade old story in which every question that's being asked and everything that's being discussed has been discussed and debated and had its day in the sun and is ancient history by media standards. And here we're sort of revisiting it. So I, you know, rather than issue some new statement and sort of pretend as if this is some new court case we're relitigating, I would, Mm -hmm. again, draw attention to the interview I did with Carl Swisher back in the day about this.
0: Why do you think that your coworkers, and then we can expand it to people who don't work with you, um, would be upset about reading those statements in the book?
1: I wouldn't presume to understand your psychology. I mean, I, I, what am I supposed to say to that, Peter?
0: Well, I want to go a little more because I. Um, I think there are some people, and I know some of them, who say, I, I wouldn't want to work with that person who would be r- looking at me that way, talking about me that way, talking about me after he had left the company. Um, do you have, can you put yourself in anyone else's shoes and say, oh, I can imagine how that would make them uncomfortable?
1: Uh, I mean, yes, Peter, I'm, I'm not a sociopath. I'm capable of human empathy. Um, what I would say about the one passage that constantly gets cited is that. I believe in the petition was actually quoted out of context. In fact, it was a partial quote in which they didn't actually quote the entire paragraph. And um, again, uh, you can't unpublish a book. I invite anyone who wants to, to go mm-hmm. go ahead and read it. I understand that it's suddenly gotten new life on Amazon as a result. Um, in that passage, and specifically in my own surely awkwardly and overwritten way, um, was not actually what what I was stating was that I was at the time, deeply infatuated with a woman that I had a relationship with and was about to have a child with. And what I was citing was in the same offhand way that many of us who, you know, have had our day, you know, online dating and whatnot. Oh, you know, it's not like, you know, these other dates I had, here's this amazing woman. And even though it's a weird thing, and I don't know her very well, um, you know, I'm happy to try to make a go of it because I, you know, at the time, loved her so much and was so, you know, I admired her so much that here we are and you know that whole book is written very much in a gonzo hunter s thompson sort of way that i you know doesn't rub everyone the right way and Mm -hmm. to be honest i think was probably overwritten in retrospect i would have toned that down by a lot um because i think it really didn't serve the book very well but um that's probably all i'm going to say on that peter
0: i want to i want to go back to it one more time because you said you're not a psychopath you said you can understand i don't believe you're a psychopath you said you can understand people's perspective i just whether or not the book accurately reflected what you thought then or think now, um, can you imagine why someone reading it now, who might be sitting next to you or working with you remotely or whatever it is, might go, "Oh, I don't feel great about working with this guy who wrote that stuff." Not whether or not you believed it or not, or whether it was purple and two hundred as Thompson, but I don't, I don't. Anyone who writes that, I don't, I don't want to work with them. Can do you understand that perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't know about the I don't know, what I want to work with thing. But can I see how that would offend someone? Has someone read it and say this guy's an asshole? Yes, I of course I can. <laughs> Which is what I regret about it. I think, um, I think, yeah. I mean, the literary persona that I sort of assumed in that book obviously was wasn't accurate even at the time. Certainly isn't now. And uh, yeah, I think it was a mistake in a way to make that character be such a way. And yeah, I, at the end of the day, I would chalk it up to first time writer jitters, getting pissed about you know, leaving Silicon Valley that I'd been sort of chewed up and spit out from. But at the end of the day, the responsibility is mine as the author. Um, and so.
0: You are, you are an interesting Rorschach test right now. Cause I think, I think half the people or whatever the, I don't know about the number. Some people will listen to this interview and, and read about your situation and go, this guy's an asshole. Apple never should have heard of him, uh, hired him. Um, his coworkers were right to complain about him being hired. And, um, that's a perfectly valid thing for you to do And the other half will go: This is cancel culture run amok. This is the woke mob, um, getting rid of somebody for a book, a New York Times bestselling book. Um, is there some nuance here that, that, that you're thinking about that? Maybe other folks aren't that we should be factoring into this, to this Rorschach test.
1: I think you've described it exactly right. Um, Peter. Um, I would leave it up to your listeners to judge for themselves. I, no, I don't know. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what else I would add to the analysis.
0: So you are no longer an Apple employee, um, it sounds like you are, you are still lawyering with them over, over what's going to happen next. That's
1: like the biggest no comment you ever heard, Peter.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you're not
0: going to tell me if they have paid you, uh, yet or what they're going to pay you or, or obviously you don't have a full NDA cause you're talking to me and I would assume other people about this and you've been tweeting about it. Um, what's your, what's your plan? What do you want to do next?
1: That's too early to say, Peter. I mean, I'm still in the, literally this wasn't even a story or a thing 48 hours ago.
0: <laughs> That's mm-hmm. where we are. Do you think you will be able, do you think you want to work in tech? Do you think you'll be able to work in tech?
1: Like I said, what originally motivated this move back into a big public tech company, as incongruous as it might seem with my previous life, was to get back to building in what I thought was a very exciting and interesting and pivotal sort of space. And so that, you know, that is still my overarching motivation in life. I'm on, at the end of the day, I'm on the side of the maker, the doer, the builder, people going out there and doing it, and not just talking about it.
0: Do you you think, given the reaction to a five-year-old book and stuff you've published on the internet since then, um, that what you want to do will be compatible with with sort of a a Silicon Valley workplace in 2021?
1: Well, like I said in point five of my Twitter thread, I think uh, the statements by Apple and the follow-on coverage, the way it was spun, um, yeah, are defamatory and um, certainly impacts in a grievous and serious way, my ability to actually earn a living in tech.
0: To be clear, what you said is defamatory. You said, uh, uh, so their their statement is, unless there's another one that I'm missing, at Apple, we've always strived to create an inclusive, welcoming workplace where everyone is respected and accepted. Behavior that demeans or discriminates against people for who they are has no place here. So that's what you're calling defamatory.
1: They're referring to non-existent behavior on my part. Yes.
0: Right. So I, I, I would... I would guess, because I don't think Apple does stuff off the cuff, that they're saying this is behavior that happened prior to you working there, or or is there something that they've talked to you about since you started at Apple?
1: You might be overestimating their presence of mind here, Peter.
0: Um, I, I just I want to I don't want to let it go before trying one more time. I know that you've are in the middle of this, um, but to I just want to see if there's anything that you'll sort of allow critics. Um, of your hiring, of 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 you as a coworker, they'll say, Yeah, I understand their point. I, I think there's something there. Or or is this clear cut for you that that you have every right to work at Apple or any other company, that that you should not be um held responsible for something you you've written in the past.
1: Look, I you're asking me to speak on behalf of people whose views are antagonistic to me, Peter, and and um asking me to either grant their beliefs credence or not. And I you know A, I don't know that I can do that because I wouldn't presume to speak for those who hold those opinions. And even if I did, what would it mean? Um, You know, what I'll say is this. And again, the book to me is buried history. Like, this conversation is like Groundhog's Day. Like, I had this conversation with Kara um, back in the day. But, you know, I set out to write a book about the nature of Silicon Valley. And by the way, I, I mean, one thing that, you know, definitely obsessed me about this is that the entire book is being reduced to this one passage, and when 99% of it is actually, um, in many ways, hopefully, a scathing satire of the, the sillinesses and absurdities of Silicon Valley life, including, you know, the depredations of some of its largest tech companies, right? Um, and that that was really the focus of the book. And trying to explain this area of advertising and tech and data and privacy, which I think, is, should, it, if it's not, it should be of extraordinary interest. To everyone, because we all have an iPhone, like the thing that I'm holding to my head right now, and we should all care about it. And I, I didn't feel that the public at large actually did understand it in a deep way from someone inside. And I looked around and I thought nobody in the tech world is going to quote unquote flip and actually, not that I set out to like harm Facebook or anything, no one's going to flip and write the unvarnished memoir of like what this is really like. Someone the world needs to know, because outside journalists can try it, whatever. And some of that, you know, some of that work I admire. Um... But no one from the, someone from the inside needs to flip and write that story, and I wanted to write that story. And I wrote it in an extraordinarily unvarnished way that was more descriptive than normative. The world as it was, not the world as I wished it to be, right? And I think that distinction between normativity and reality is something that I think has been lost in much of our media conversation these days. And anyone who judges the book, I would ask to, again, consider the difference between someone aspiring to, you know, describe the world as they'd like it to be versus as it is for the sake, you know, a sort of more global understanding.
0: You wrote the book 5 years ago, leaving aside your first-time writer jitters that you were describing, do you think that you would have written a similar book in 2021? This is we've the, the Me Too movement has kicked up, uh, employee activism is is now a thing among tech. It's, it that world is different. Do you think your views about Facebook and the way you describe working there, the way you describe your coworkers, would have changed?
1: Well, I I hate to personalize it about Facebook because I think, while Facebook was the example of the company I was at, I think a lot of Mm -hmm. my claims there are not, frankly, particular to Facebook. I think they're more general statements about Silicon Valley more broadly. And so I think my statements about Silicon Valley life, how, you know, a few get super wealthy, some do okay, and everyone else, well, you know, there's your DoorDash gig, um, which I've written about for Wired and other outlets before. Um, I think those criticisms have stood pretty well. (laughs) And if anything, um, we're even more in that world than we were in 2016. Um, As to what the other things you're referring to, as I said, you know, in 2016, I think there's a lot that I, I would rewrite with that book. And a lot of things that I think in retrospect, I really regret about um, that book in many ways. And so, and that's not just in 2021, now me, uh, you know, trying to save my ass or whatever. I, you know, I said this in 2016 um, and, you know, but, you know, if you can't, some things you can't undo and what you can do um, to cite a random thing, I'm slowly getting involved in Jewish life. And in, in Judaism, there's a Jewish notion of repentance, which is in the Hebrew word a return, right? A return to something different. And, um, you know, I do believe in the the feeling of uh, the Jewish notion of return and of personal growth and change and that the person you or I are right this moment are not the person that we were five years ago. And if we were always to be held to what we, you know, to what we did ages ago, who among us, uh, you know, wouldn't be standing, um, you know, um, at the gallows? Um, Again, to be clear, you know, we're talking about a book, okay, and like a paragraph in a 500-page book. It's not like I committed murder here.
0: I mean, there's other paragraphs that people have brought up, right? There's this one about you uh, uh, describing your coworkers alternating curves and – you're rolling, you're rolling your eyes, but I, I've I know people who said I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to work with someone who was who was evaluating me that way. Again,
1: look, Peter, I, we're going to beat this horse forever. Like, I'm not going to yeah. progress every. No, no, I, I, I just want to be clear that I've it's made not a general one paragraph claim about the book and you know and all it encompasses. It's you know seventy thousand words. We can be here forever.
0: Uh, you you mentioned repentance and, and the Jewish concept of it. Do, do, are you repenting now? Do you have something to repent for?
1: Mm. Okay, this is going to turn into like a Jewish theology seminar, but my understanding, my very embryonic understanding of the Jewish concept of it is less the Catholicism that I was raised in of sort of penitence and more one of uh, correction and changing course going forward, right? That's what I'm talking about. And, you know, when I said I'm leaving that world behind and, you know, becoming a wage earning, mortgage paying, best father that I can to my kids thing, that's what I mean, right, about going forward.
0: Fair enough. Um, this is not how I imagined my Friday evening going. Um, I don't think it's how, how you imagined your Friday afternoon going. I appreciate you coming on. I do want to give you the last word, um, cause I appreciate you coming on. Anything else you want to say?
1: Man, I suddenly feel on the spot in a way I haven't until now. Um, no, I mean, I, it's, <laughs> I was joking to friends. This is almost like one of those, um, cheesy bank heist movies where like the old bank thief is trying to live normally in some little cabin in Alaska or something and it gets pulled in for one last job. Um, it feels like, uh, like that somehow, I guess, which is strange.
0: I will let you go at that. Thank you.
1: All right. Thank you, Peter.
0: Take care.